0: are with another episode of the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. This is Monster Kid Radio. I am your host, writer and producer Derek M. Cook, and the music that you're hearing right now comes to us courtesy of the band Los Vampiros del Mar. It's from their album that was released earlier this month. The song is called Black Out the Sun and Hang 13. It's from their album Songs of Blood, Death and Romance, and you can find this on their Bandcamp page at losvampirosdelmar.bandcamp.com. Of course, there will be a link in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net that you can go check out when you're done listening to this episode of the podcast. And this podcast, oh man, this is one that I've been looking forward to for a very long time because I've got one of my oldest friends on the show this week. His name's Matthew Rashley. Matt and I met each other many, many moons ago when the world was young and dinosaurs roamed the earth or when he and I both went to Montana State University for film school back in the early 2000s. Oh, that has been a while. Suddenly I feel very old, so kiddies. Here's what, I'm just kidding, I'm not gonna do the voice. Anyway, Matt and I have known each other for a very, very long time. There was a little break there where we really didn't do much with each other. We were aware of each other, but that was about it. But we've come back together and become really close friends again, and he and I, are talking about something that he and I are going to be doing later this month. Beth's going to be joining us. I believe Jeff Polaire is going to be there as well, and a whole bunch of other Monster Kid Radio irregulars and regular attendees of the Joy Cinema and Pub in Tigard, Oregon. I'm talking about Scarathon 2023. And originally, the conversation was pitched to me by Matt. He wanted to do an episode where we kind of turned the tables, and he was going to interview me about the movies that we were going to be showing or the joy was going to be showing at Scarathon. And it kind of started that way, but eventually it just turned into a typical episode of Monster Kid Radio where a couple of friends, a couple of Monster Kids just start talking about monster movies and other things, and it became a back-and-forth conversation that I had a lot of fun participating in and then editing and then slipping in a whole bunch of movie trailers as well to kind of illustrate what movies we were talking about. You know, it's just a fun time. I had a blast chatting with Matt. I hope you have a blast listening to Matt. I also hope you have a blast listening to Mark Matzky's Beta Capsule review as he continues to take us through the twists and turns of the Return of Ultraman. And Kenny's look at famous monsters of filmland is coming up in this episode as well. I also have an email that came in. Let me go dig that up for you right now. This is a short and sweet email from listener William H. He says, "Monster Kid Radio rocks." Well. Thank you. Uh, That's not the only thing he had to say though, and that's not the only reason why I'm reading his email on this show. I just like reading emails. Anyway, he says Monster Kid Radio rocks, Basil Gogos, Famous Monsters and Adventures, Walk Don't Run, Perfection even before I was 15 minutes into the show, and Surf Rock, perfect way to spend the opening hour or so of a long slow 12-hour security patrol in the boonies. William, thank you for writing in. Now this is in reference to last week's episode. Even put a subject heading on the email show number 639 where we had Chris Alexander from Frankie's Chop Shop on the show to talk about surf music and Basil gogos And again, it was supposed to be one very specific kind of conversation that just turned into a couple of friends talking about monster movies and surf music and everything else, and anything else. Those are my favorite kinds of episodes. Anyway, thanks for writing in. And if you want to be cool like William, email me at monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Or you can even take the extra step and call and leave us a voicemail by calling 360-524-2484. I will make sure I mention that again at the end of the show, but if you can't wait, head over to monsterkidradio.net because everything is right there. Our contact information is right there. All right. You know, we've had the band playing for a little while now. I'm going to give them a break. Don't worry. I'll bring them back at the end of the show to play their song for us. And let's get on to the rest of the show right now.
1: One never knows what lurks in the Chamber of Horrors."
2: The beast loomed over her. It grinned down at Nina, fangs dripping, clouds of hot breath billowing white in the moonlight. Its eyes blazed bright red. Nina felt the heat of the thing's body burning into her. Its reek like decaying meat made her wretch. She wanted to get to her feet, wanted to run, but fear held her tight in its grip. She gazed up at the monster, paralyzed. A low growl like the purr of a hungry cat emanated from the creature's massive throat. To Nina, the werewolf almost seemed to be smiling. She screamed. Opal Cushing, London, England, that same night. Opal Celine Cushing sat bolt upright in bed, screaming. Her eyes shot wide, her heart pounded in terror. Sweat poured down her eighteen-year-old body. She looked around, frantic. Her sister, who shared the same bed, appeared beside her in an instant. What is it? Topaz asked. Opal, what's wrong? He killed me, Opal wailed. He killed me, I'm dead! Dr. Cushing's Chamber of
1: Horrors, a classic Monster Alley novel by Stephen D. Sullivan. Available now at Amazon and other fine retailers.
3: Coming soon in audiobook. Ladies and gentlemen,
4: here is an important message from Jack H. Harris, producer of 4-D Man. Imagine a check for one million dollars being made out to you. In my new film, you will see 4-D Man perform feats never seen on the screen before. And if you, any one of you listening to me can actually perform in real life, the feats ascribed to 4-D Man, one million dollars in cash will be yours your admission ticket to see 4D Man in widescreen and color may be worth $1 million. 4D Man is the most amazing motion picture ever made. The story of
5: one man who solved the mystery of the fourth dimension. Even in this century of wonders, when science holds nothing to be impossible,
4: you'll gasp in
5: awe at the feats of the 4D
4: Man. In color to thrill you as never before, 4D Man.
6: Live from the Land of Light in Nebula M78, home of the mighty Ultra Heroes, it's Monster Kid Radio's Beta Capsule Review. Return of Ultraman, Episode 33, The Monster Tamer and the Boy, original air date, November 19th. 1971 prologue a young boy menaced by an immense monster is rescued by a strange humanoid with the face of a fish cut to the present in which the boy named Rio furiously digs holes in the ground while his peers observe him with both curiosity and disdain a group of bullies accusing the boy of being an alien bury him up to his neck in the ground but Go arrives, stopping the torture and freeing the youngster, who for his part, insists he's from Hokkaido. The bullies are relentless in their persecution, but Rio stands his ground. Even so, Captain Ibuki charges Go with getting a handle on the situation, a challenging prospect considering that Rio is increasingly shunned by his community. Go succeeds in learning the truth about Rio. But it's seemingly too late, as an angry mob rushes to the scene, bent on eliminating what they think is an extraterrestrial threat. But their short-sighted actions result in freeing Kaiju Muruchi, leaving Go with mixed feelings about transforming into Ultraman. The Monster Tamer and the Boy is an exceptional 25 minutes of television combining visual flair with thematic maturity to create an unexpectedly memorable story. While Ultraman defeats his giant foe, Maruchi with relatively little trouble, a battle captured with a fantastically long and audacious tracking shot, this story does not end on a happy note. Writer Shozo Weihara and director Shohei Tojo managed to shine an unflinching light on bullying, environmental ruin, the madness of mob rule, and the human willingness to alienate others. In light of the way Ryo is treated, Go is faced with the question, perhaps for the first time, are these people capable of such evil worth defending? It's a jaw-dropping moment, almost as much as the final shot which gives us viewers as emotionally haunting of an image as they come. This is Ultraman at its most profound, a truly powerful classic episode. For Monster Kid Radio's Beta Capsule Review, this is Mark Matsky reporting.
3: Let's prepare for a landing, Brad. Okay.
1: A 40 g gravity atmosphere strange thing happens to man's body and mind barry sullivan and norma Bengell take you into the most fantastic
5: science fiction adventure ever filmed emergency emergency conditions desperate little chance of survival help us mark look what have you got the galliot get me a fix on this right now. Wes, Brad, controls.
1: Planet of the vampires. Harboring a form of life worse than death. Planet of the bloodless. Creatures who take men's bodies, but attack like vampires.
5: I'll tell you this, if there are any intelligent creatures on this planet, they're our enemies.
1: In this outer space world, the living dead try to escape into life.
7: <gasps> Salus. No, oh, just his body. And I'm just one of many beings on this planet. And we're fighting to survive. It's imperative that our race continue to exist. We arranged for several of you to kill each other so that we could take over your bodies. You are our last chance. No, never. We'll all of us give up our lives to save our own race.
0: Did you know that I show monster movies for free pretty much all the time now? Head over to twitch.tv slash monsterkidradio, especially this month, because this month I'm showing a lot of spooky movies. Right now, I'm showing a 15-hour loop, including the movies The Vampire's Ghost, Revenge of the Zombies, Back from the Dead, The Unearthly, The Undead, Haxan, The Vampire Bat, Death on the Four Poster, The Devil's Partner, Ring of Terror, Last Man on Earth, Devils of Darkness, Scared to Death, and Horror Hotel a.k.a. City of the Dead, City of the Living Dead so, you know, it's Horror Hotel, it's Christopher Lee it doesn't matter what it's called, it's Christopher Lee anyway, head over to twitch.tv slash monsterkidradio, check it out I try to update this maybe once a week with a big new loop of movies and eventually we may even get back to where I'm hosting things live and you'll see me in person, but in the meantime head over to twitch.tv slash monsterkidradio and watch some movies with your friends now for free
3: The sound you hear is dripping blood. This is the start of Black Sunday. Black Sunday comes but once every hundred years. On that day, the undead demons of hell rise to unleash an orgy of evil on the world. From Nikolaj Gogol's great classic, American International Pictures presents, Black Sunday, the most frightening motion picture you have ever seen. She was murdered 500 years ago. There in the barren waste that was her cemetery, they nailed the mask of Satan to her face. Not since Dracula stalked the earth has there been such an unspeakable day and night as Black Sunday. What does it look like? I
6: I can't describe it. The hideous part of it is making the children obey its every command. The children are completely in its power.
7: And we're in the power of the children.
4: Space children, spreading a network of terror through a top secret missile base in a nation's desperate hour of decision. Space children, the dangerous pawns of a power so strange that no sentries can stop them.
7: Why did you let those children inside here?
4: They're too warm and what children? No rocket can rise anywhere in the world. Four, three, two, one, fire!
8: Army,
7: destroy them! Get those kids out of there!
2: What's that noise?
7: Spiders, I told them to bring me one and I believe it. Well, I can't say I blame you, Sheriff.
4: But Flynn is still missing.
7: Deep into caverns whose very air is putrefied by the stench of death, they search ceaselessly for a missing man or possibly a giant spider no one really believes exists, except the high school teacher who knows his science and his students. there may be more giant spiders coming into the world. They may even be hatching from their eggs in some remote spot right now. Do you realize how easy it would be for them to overcome us humans? A horrifying spectacle. Its existence shocks and fascinates the world of science. Its gigantic claws capable of crushing a man or tearing a woman apart as if she were a fly. A fly. But nothing sends the cats like the presence of -of out-of-this-world horror. A heart-stopping experience that defies man's imagination. That shrinks every woman's skin with the tension of terrifying withdrawal. As if a thousand spiders were taking possession of her body. You'll never believe it until you see it. You'll never forget the touch of the
8: spider. Hello there, Monster Kid Radioheads. This is Kenny with a look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. Today, we are hearing about Joy Cinema's Scarathon, a five movie festival in Tigard, Oregon three of the five movies were not covered in fm but two were it took almost the entire run of classic fm to get a decent write-up on hammers the mummy from 1959 in the pen ultimate issue 190 this classic was mentioned in an article which covered the history of mummy movies here is what it had to say caris journeys to britain all of which brings us to 1959 And the legendary Hammer films, which after doing tremendous remakes of Universal's Frankenstein as The Curse of Frankenstein, and Dracula as Horror of Dracula in the USA, were commissioned by Universal to update other old classics, The Phantom of the Opera, The Hound of the Baskervilles, and The Mummy. Hammer was determined to avoid falling into the trap that Universal had during the 1940s, their mummy, they felt sure, would be the best of its type and reap through critical acclaim and box office dollars to prove that the mummy could be presented in a new and fresh way. Hammer's scriptwriters blended the best ingredients of the mummy legend into a screenplay, and the film became not a remake of Universal's first Karloff mummy, but a remake of the finest elements of Universal's 1940s series of mummies. A truncated synopsis followed. A shame so little was dedicated to this, my favorite I mummy mean, movie, especially after seeing all the love FM poured out for Curse of Frankenstein and Horror of Dracula. The other movie in the scarathon that merited coverage was 1955's Tarantula. A full length article of this film was featured in FM 44 from May of 1967. It was seven pages long with nine images. Here is how the film was introduced. Radio listeners in 1955 suddenly heard a frightening announcement, a broadcast lasting one minute that had many boys and girls shaking in their boots. For a shock that surpasses all experience in terror, see Tarantula, the nerve-shattering motion picture story of an entire city choked by panic before the fury of a giant spider. Tarantula. Out of the trackless desert sands it strode, rising a hundred feet and growing, growing, growing more monstrous by the minute. Tarantula. Its rapacious maz draining all life within reach, crushing all matter in the path of its spreading tentacles. Tarantula. You'll watch in awe. You'll shudder with fear as a mortal accident of science creates a dread beyond all imagining. As a nation searches frantically for a defense, as the air might of the land is marshaled against the crushing jaws, the venomous sting, the destructive power of a spider so huge, bullets couldn't stop it, so tough, dynamite couldn't kill it. See, man faces greatest battle for survival. You've never known anything like Tarantula. Well, you, famous film monster fan that you are, may have seen something like it in Willis O'Brien's Black Scorpion or Burt Gordon's Spider. You may even have gasped at the great spider that pursued Sabu in its net, in the Conrad Veidt version of The Thief of Baghdad. But here is the story to refresh your memory. A brief synopsis followed, then these parting words. Interviewed during the filming of the picture, its star, John Agar, stated, every actor should appear opposite a tarantula at least once during his screen career. Why?" because co-starring with a spider taller than a two-story house is an experience no man can easily forget. It adds to an actor's stature. I believe every actor should be given this chance at least once, if only to tell his grandchildren about his battles with the modern dragon. As a matter of fact, it's getting so your prestige isn't worth a nickel unless you have a monster in your credits. And John ought to know, as he has been menaced by the brain from planet Eros, the mole people... Women of the Prehistoric Planet and the Creature from the Black Lagoon in Revenge of the Creature. Leo G. Carroll, of course, has had several great careers in TV Fantastics, namely the Topper series and current Man from Uncle. Pictures producer William Allen also made The Deadly Mantis, This Island Earth, Mole People, and The Black Lagoon series. Director Jack Arnold scored with The Incredible Shrinking Man. Oh and the fate of the giant tarantula, planes gave him the Viet Cong treatment, a fiery death of napalm bombs. That is all for this week's look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. We will have more next time. For MKR, this is Kenny saying adios.
4: Volcano! Great herds of cattle stampede before this living inferno. Vast area devastated by appalling new horror. A creature named the Black Scorpion by panic-stricken people of San Lorenzo. Entire population prays for deliverance. For miles around,
3: cowboys came upon one dead steer after another. One of them had heard the tale of the demon bull of the Maricopa, having lost family or friends to something absolutely unknown. He could be in another world.
4: Nations leaders confer as news received a possible threat to capital. This is a city of four million people. If word of
5: these leaks out, the panic of the population could be worse than the scorpions.
4: The black scorpion destroys communications. Hundreds annihilated. A scale never achieved before by any science fiction picture thousands in the cast <laughs>
1: This is the night when fear and horror walk hand in hand. This is Black Sabbath. Starring the incomparable Boris Karloff. The personable Mark Damon. And lush and lovely women. Even though one is from the netherworld. A vampire. A burdelac. Black Sabbath, as ancient as superstition, as modern as the telephone.
7: How
3: nice you look with that towel around you. You always did have a beautiful body. Beautiful. A body to drive someone crazy. Who are you? Who?
1: Black Sabbath, the bare truth about the unbelievable such as the brilliant beauty of a priceless jewel that holds, within the body, a buzzing fly, a vengeful woman's murderous spirit. Only on the seventh night of the seventh full moon can the living see the lifeless undead. I am hungry. Is he man? An adventure into black magic that goes beyond the boundaries of the supernatural and a man's devoted love is welcomed by a woman's deadly lust for his blood.
0: Monster Kid Radio listeners, I've been looking forward to this episode ever since our guest suggested we do it. Now, I've talked about the Joy Cinema over the years many times here on the show, and they've got the Scarathon event coming up later this month. The last weekend of October, five movies. We're going to sit in that theater and watch so many awesome movies. And Matt Rashley, who is one of my oldest friends, and I think I've mentioned him in the past before. Heck, he was on the Mothra episode not too long ago suggested we do an episode talking about the movies coming to Scarathon and why it's important. And Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you,
9: Derek. I'm so excited to be here. I've never attended a -a
0: Scarathon.
9: I know you've been to a few. It seems like a really special event that Monster Kids should uh, definitely take in if they can.
0: It's super cool. It's something that Jeff has been doing for a while. Jeff Punkrock Martin, the owner of The Joy. I know that with the pandemic, things kind of changed at The Joy. They survived. They thrived, and actually, I have to thank the pandemic for what it did to the joy because it meant you and I got to reconnect. Because you did a story there about how they were selling popcorn to kind of stay afloat, and I reached out to you to thank you for supporting the theater. And here we are. It's been really great. How many scareathons have you attended? How many scareathons have I attended? Uh, I've attended maybe two or three. I've only done the full day once. Mostly, usually I'm there to introduce a movie or two. The first year that I was there to kind of host the thing, we had a table set up in the lobby. Uh, I introduced a bunch of the movies. I don't think I stuck around through the last one. I think once movie number five rolled around, I was pretty spent. And it was The Evil Dead, which really bums me out, because I liked that movie a lot. It's one of my favorites. But I was just done.
9: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a monster kid marathon. You have to kind of train for it and, and prep yourself.
0: You know, you brought up something when we were talking via Facebook about how this is going to feel like to you the old days at Montana State University. And speaking of monster movie marathons, one of my favorite memories from our days at MSU was that Halloween that we hold up in my dorm room. And we did nothing but blast through VHS tapes of monster movies. I only remember one or two of the movies we watched. I know we watched uh, the Alice Cooper and Vincent Price episodes of The Muppet Show. And I know we watched I Was a Teenage Werewolf.
1: I was a teenage werewolf. The most terrifying picture of our time. I was a teenage werewolf. Fantastic. Bewildering. A motion picture to stand beside the greatest horror stories of all time. I
4: was a teenage
0: werewolf. And I only remember that because at the time we thought we were going to be filmmakers when we grew up. And we thought about how cool it would be to remake that movie starring Anna Plumsky from My Girl. And obviously that never happened. But I remember that I might have shown you Neon Maniacs at that point, but I don't remember for sure. You're telling me that these things
3: are inside the Golden Gate Bridge. One. Two. That they only come out at night. That they're responsible for the death of 15 or more kids and three of my police officers.
2: <laughs> Let me ruin your evening The stranger said to me Your new lover My
3: are young.
2: She said so is praying.
3: They think they're going to live I forever
2: What are do you doing?
1: Wants to
3: pull but they're in for a terrible surprise. A now, there are 12 new reasons Over here. to be afraid of the dark.
8: They're after me.
3: And every one of them is a killer. Introducing. Diabolical Order. Axe. Hangman. Doc. Biker. Slash. Juice. Samurai. Mohawk. Archer. Soldier. These are the Neon Maniacs. They live so others may die.
9: Neon Maniacs. Neon Maniacs, I don't remember. It's kind of a blur.
0: I I don't remember, yeah. I don't remember either. Neon Maniacs is another... I hate to use the word guilty pleasure, because I feel like there should be no shame and no guilt. But it is Neon Maniacs, so it is a guilty pleasure of mine. Those of you who have seen Neon Maniacs (laughs) probably understand it is yeah, it, it holds a very special place in my heart. I do own it on Blu-ray. I've watched it a few times since, but it's got some issues. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about.
9: Right. Yeah. And you've never done a scarathon. I have never done a scarathon. I like you love the joy cinema, and I really appreciate Jeff Punkrock Martin's effort in in making it a home away from home for for monster kids and people who love, you know, genre cinema. I love how he can find a way to get those movies on the schedule. I know that it's it's a real challenging time for independent movie theater owners. And uh, Jeff is always making an effort to to show movies that he loves and also his audiences love. and i and I think that that's the reason that people like you and I, appreciate him and his theater so much
0: it's a cool theater it's a great building once you get inside you can tell there's a lot of care put into making it an experience it's not just pay for a ticket go and sit down watch a movie and check out you're done it's an experience with the decor the movie posters all over the place and he lets his personality shine you know he has to show the first run movies i think as of this recording right now he's showing the taylor swift stuff but the lobby is filled with movie posters with Peter Cushing and I think Billy the Kid versus Dracula might be represented. There's a Kung Fu flick movie poster in there. Uh, Santa Claus' Congress of Martians is listed you know, on there. And one of his favorites, uh, the Ramones film, what is that, uh, High School, uh, Rock and Roll High School. He's got a movie poster of that as well. So he lets his personality shine and, you know, that just kind of makes it feel more invested by him, which allows us to kind of feel more invested in the experience as well, I feel like.
9: Yeah, totally. It's it's really special, and that's one thing about Scarathon too that uh, gets me excited is the fact that, you know, in this day and age when you can stream just about anything your heart desires and you can find online, there's something special about the fact that even though that's the case, Jeff makes the effort to get those movies on a big screen where you get to have that real experience of being with an audience that's just as wowed and and fired up as you are, and you get to see it on that. 29 foot screen it's something that is a rare occasion that that everybody should go out for
0: it becomes a communal experience and for that moment for that fleeting 90 minutes for a film or however long you're there for skirathon you're part of a community and you're part of something bigger than yourself enjoying this movie being part of that that group experience that you can't replicate at home i don't care how big your home screen is I don't care how many people you would cram into your living room to watch a movie. There's something about going to the movie theater and becoming part of that community for that short period of time. Whether you're watching something like Robot Monster, whether you're joining the Monster Squad, or you're just waiting for, for Sam from Trick or Treat to turn up and knock on your door, and hopefully he's just there for candy. It's an experience that I'm looking forward to, because I haven't had a chance to do Scarathon in a while.
9: Oh, great. Yeah, this this should be a real treat. Should we run through the movies, try to keep uh, spoilers to a minimum, and share why we think
0: it's a great idea to go see these films? Sure. Now, the first film is Robot Monster.
5: With the swiftness of a deadly cosmic ray, the Earth is invaded by indestructible moon monsters. Their ghastly mission, death for all humans. (laughs) Astounding technical developments are being made to protect mankind. Robot Monster brings you an actual preview of the devastating forces of our future. Unsuspected revelations of incredible horrors that will terrify you with their brutal reality.
1: There is no escape from me. Very well. I will
5: recalculate.
1: Your death will be indescribable. Fool humans! There is
9: no escape. Have you seen it? I have seen Robot Monster. And I watched it maybe... I watched it the second time, maybe just like a year ago. So it's pretty fresh in my mind. It's from 1953. It's one of those movies that's put on the list of best, worst movies ever. There's a lot of fun stuff in there. And, and I know that people like to diss it and rag on some of the, the gimmicks and the problems. But I think if you watch it from the point of view of Johnny, the little boy, and that it's his experience, I think it's a fantastic film.
0: I like that Jeff has always tried to start off the scarathon with something a little lighter. Yeah, and he's doing that in this case too. It's, it's Robot Monster, it is the story of a little boy, it's meant to be seen through his eyes. So if you experience the movie that way, I think you're going to have a good time with it. This is a 3D version of it, and I know that 3D archives just recently put it out for home media in 3D. They've just done a big restoration, which is a big deal. It hadn't been available that way at home or anywhere really widely for a long time. So to be able to see it in the original 3D should be a fun time. I'm looking forward to how that's going to play on the big screen. I do have the Blu-ray at home. I haven't watched it yet because just so many movies, so little time and sleep and everything, you know, not not enough time to watch all the movies I want to watch. So when I saw that he's going to be playing it, I purposely said, you know what? I'm not even going to bother trying to make time to watch it right now. I'm going to wait for the joy.
9: That's great. Yeah. You sound like a human, not a Roman, my friend.
0: <laughs> uh, it's got such an iconic monster. The gorilla suit with the diving helmet. And it's shot, you know, at such an iconic location that cave is such an iconic place it's a bat cave you know from the adam west bat you know, batman show so it looks cool it looks familiar it's got instant nostalgia and it's got better music than it has any right to have
9: oh yeah i can't wait i i was doing a little bit of research and i didn't realize that elmer bernstein academy award yeah. winner did the magnificent seven did true grit did at least a couple dozen movies, was the guy who did the music for this. And the music really stands mm-hmm. out.
0: It is so good. So I'm looking forward to that. And I think it's a great start for the Scarathon. What else do we want to say? I mean, I know we're probably going to spoil a little bit, but I really want people to check this one out. And if you're not able to get to the joy, maybe start keeping track and watch along at home. Get your hands on a physical copy or stream it or something and watch Robot Monster when we all do when Scarathon starts on October 28th. I'm excited
9: to see the industrial bubbles in 3D. I, I've got yes. to give that away. I yes. I was reading that <laughs> they shot this movie for like less than 20 grand. They shot it in four days. They shot it in stereoscopic 3D and the crew that was shooting had never shot 3D before. But that the movie really stands up. I was reading comments from from other filmmakers and I saw Joe Dante who did Gremlins. He was saying that whatever your thoughts are on Robot Monster, it is something to see, and there's never been another pick like it, that it really stands Uh, out. That's a good point. I'm excited to to see that. Next on the list.
7: But what if circumstances were to magnify one of them in size and strength, took it out of its primitive world and turned it loose in ours? Then expect something that's
4: fiercer, more cruel and deadly than anything that ever walked the Earth. Even science was stunned. The new atomic miracle should have been mankind's greatest boon. Instead, when such power to cause phenomenal growth proved dangerously unstable, man was confronted with his most shocking blunder.
3: The isotope
4: triggered our nutrients into a nightmare. A blunder that transformed a tiny insect into the 100-foot spider that was now ravaging the panic-stricken countryside.
9: Tarantula from 1955. I have never seen the whole movie. I've only seen bits and pieces. Okay. Uh, How about yourself?
0: Oh, I love Tarantula. It's a John Agar film, so I love Tarantula. Uh, It's a universal film, so it's got a sheen or a polish that sometimes movies from this era do not have. I don't know where he's getting his transfer, but I'm assuming it's going to look good on the big screen as well. Uh, there are some pretty good transfers to watch at home and streaming, so I'm excited for that. And again, it's John Agar. John Agar he is one of the patron saints of Monster Kid Radio. Uh, one of our original slogans was Monster Kid Radio is where Karloff is still king, Lugosi lives, and John Agar still rules. I mean, we really love everything Agar touches, so to see him at Scarathon is going to be a good time. This is a giant bug monster movie. I know technically a is not an insect, but still it's going to be a a lot of fun to see it on the big screen. I've never seen it on the big screen.
9: Wow, so you'll definitely be in for uh, a good experience then,
0: hopefully. Uh, Tarantula is probably, I'm going to say it's my second favorite John Agar film. Wow. Second only to Revenge of the Creature, just because Revenge of the Creature is a creature from the Black Lagoon film and you know, Gilman and Agar make magic together. (laughs) But yeah, Tarantula is my second favorite. Early, early appearance by Clint Eastwood. At the very, very end of the film. Yeah, it's his first, I think it's his first film credit. Yeah, maybe first film credit. He did appear in Revenge of the Creature before this for about 30 seconds. And he lasts about as long in Tarantula as well. (laughs) But Eastwood did remember that. And I know that many, many, many years later, Eastwood did put Agar in one of his movies.
9: Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. I I also noticed that Jack Arnold directed it. Speaking of Creature.
0: Jack Arnold, who is kind of the go-to sci-fi horror guy of the 50s, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Revenge of the Creature, Tarantula, uh, Space Children, which is not a universal film, but still really, really good, which means at some point in the movie, you're going to get a mini science lesson because that seems to be a Jack Arnold thing. (laughs) He likes to throw in a little lesson about how things work in the world. And yeah, the direction is really tight.
9: Excellent. That's starting at one thirty at the Joy Cinema, Tiger, Oregon. Right, so
0: Robot Monster starts at noon, I believe, correct? Right. Okay.
9: All right, 3 p.m., 1959's The Mummy.
5: Egypt, 4,000 years ago. A land of strange rituals and savage cruelty. Many of their secrets are still hidden from the eyes of 20th century man. Secrets that protect their dead. Supernatural powers that once released can live again in our modern world. The mummy, the living dead, bringing terror and death across 4,000 years. He was a high priest of the great god Karnak until one night, He attempted the ultimate in blasphemy. He was condemned to guard forever the princess he had loved and protect her from intruders. Go now. Go and destroy those who desecrated the tomb of our princess. He who robs the graves of Egypt dies. Who robs the graves of Egypt dies.
0: Oh man. I think this is the one that Beth is most excited for. I don't know if she has any experience watching any Hammer films. Uh, This is a Hammer film, so you know it's going to be good. Hammer very rarely put out an inferior product, especially in the 50s and 60s. The mummy is Peter Cushing, it's Christopher Lee. It's an iconic monster. Oh, I've never seen it on the big screen either. I'm excited for this one.
9: Excellent. I've never seen the Hammer version of The Mummy. I, like Beth, I think this is the one that I I anticipate the most and will really want to see. Just knowing that it's Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, Hammer film, signed, sealed, and delivered. You know, I'm there.
0: How much experience do you have with Hammer films? Not enough, sir. Not enough. Not enough. So, longtime listeners know that I used to co-produce a Hammer Films podcast with Scott Morris and Casey Criswell, uh, Scott from Disney, Indiana, and Casey from Plenty Good Horror. We used to do a monthly show called 1951 Down Place, and every month we talk about a Hammer film, and I know we talked about this one at one point, uh, so I'll see if I can find it in the archives. I think the old episodes are at archive.org. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to hear me talk about The Mummy at length with Scott and Casey. But... I will say that this is one of my favorite Hammer films. I don't know if it cracks my top five, but it definitely is a good one. Uh, The music is really good, really unique uh, from that era of Hammer because there is some gothic sensibility to the film, but it also has all of the old Egypt motif going through it, and the production design is gorgeous. The movie poster influenced the film. I know you and I both love the movie Ed Wood, and there's that scene. Do you have a script? No, but I've got a poster! You know, Hammer would do a lot of that. They would design the poster first, try to get funding, then write the script, and the Mummy movie poster, the one sheet, you can see a shaft of light kind of shooting through the Mummy's body. And the story is is that Cushing on set was like, well, that's not in the script, so can I kind of stick the Mummy with my spear or my flagpole or whatever it is he uses so that we can kind of recreate that and make sure there's a hole in the mummy for the light to shine through. You never see the light shine through or whatever. But at least there was some attempt to kind of make things line up. I'm really looking forward to it. And that's the kind of thing that I'll mention if I get to introduce this movie at the Joy. So I'll mention this before the film. A little trivia bits here and there. What's the uh, crowd
9: like at scareathons when you get up there in front of the mic and give people some information on what they're about to uh, experience?
0: You know, I don't remember. I know that we've had a pretty full crowd before. I know that I've done some introductions for like various weird Wednesdays and other things at the joy. And it's just been a handful of people. I know that I've done it and there's been like 50, 60 people in the, in the crowd. So I don't know how full it's going to be. I don't know how many people are going to be there for the long haul for the whole day. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see how this turns out though. I, I'm looking forward to a full house. I hope there's a full oh, house. Yeah. Jeff like, deserves
9: it. It's a whole other, it takes the movie to another level. All right. Number four in the five movie lineup is one that i know is special to both of us i think that it's like a cult classic to every gen x kid
7: you know who to call when you have ghosts but who do you call when you have monsters we're the monster squad what's
1: a squad it's like my Vice, i think they're young and inexperienced
5: Burgers.
1: They're a bit disorganized. Monsters are not
4: real. We don't know that, sir. Two thousand year old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves.
1: But when strange things start happening in town, there's
7: a monster in my closet. Ooh, look at that big scary monster! What's happening? Do we kill the werewolf? Silver bullet. They're the only ones ready to do battle. Something downstairs is killing people. Monsters. Nobody's gonna do a thing about it but
3: us! We are monsters! Uh, uh, us? Midnight in the
9: world, remember? Maybe we can be like Masquad and Stigio. Two mask bombs. We got
7: 2:35. die Stick back up! Hurry up! Squad.
4: The book is right. Don't you see it's all true?
1: By midnight, you guys. They won't
7: seem so young anymore. Ah! Him in
9: the Go do it, go it! Monster Squad.
7: Wolfman's gone. Man!
0: Monster Squad mm-hmm. from 1987. This is the one that I have seen on the big screen a few times over the years. Uh, the others that are a part of Scarathon, the previous three, and then the final film, I have not seen on the big screen, but this is the one I've seen on the big screen before. I've actually seen it at the Hollywood Theater in Portland with director Fred Decker in attendance for a Q&A, and that was very cool. But then I've watched it at home numerous times. I've shown it to... People over the years, I'm sure you and I watched it together at some point, and I've shown it to Beth, and I've got the one sheet in a frame hanging up in my bedroom right now. This movie is very special to me. It's one of my favorite horror movies from the 80s. It's got a few things that are probably a little problematic, well, not probably, definitely problematic now in terms of, like, political correctness, but it was of the 80s and is how unenlightened kids talked, so, I mean, whatever, I I don't want to make too many more apologies for it. It's got monsters. It's got kids running around fighting monsters. I would have loved for that to have been my childhood, man. Me too. I'd be happy to kick a wolf, man. (laughs) Oh, man. The clubhouse these kids have is an Easter egg treasure, man. So many cool things on the walls. And the other websites have done this where they've gone through and taken stills from the clubhouse set and identified all the movie posters, all the toys, all the models, all the masks and decorations and everything else. I think there's a vampire circus movie poster on the wall. There's there becomes a plot point or a little character bit, a Frankenstein's monster, a Halloween mask. There's all kinds of cool stuff up in there. I would have loved to have hang out in that set. Oh,
9: totally. And and speaking of that, like this movie and the fifth movie that we'll talk about in a moment, Trick or Treat, it seems like both of these films share a love of halloween and monster movies and feel like a perfect way to kind of wrap up scarathon
0: i agree with you uh as much as i love things like robot monster and tarantula for me halloween is less about just generic monsters and more about kind of like the thinning of the line between the world of the real and the unreal so to have the actual monsters showing up from limbo i mean that perfectly demonstrates what i'm talking about i'm sure The other movies are going to be great, too. And again, I'm not trying to discredit or whatever. Does that make sense? Sure. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I think Robot Monster is going to be a lot of fun. And I think Tarantula is going to be a blast. I can't wait to see it on the big screen. But the Monster Squad, that's when I know Halloween is around the corner.
9: Absolutely. One of my fondest memories from the film school days was the fact that the Procrastinator Theater, the student-run theater, Mm -hmm. ran Monster Squad while you and I were there. And that's the only other time I saw that movie on the big screen nice so to to have the chance to go with you and see this movie again 20 some years later on a big screen is halloween movie magic for me oh yes i mean i i'm smiling from ear to ear you you can't see it but i'm sure you can hear it like i'm excited i'm jazzed
0: oh this is gonna be awesome i whenever i introduce a movie at the joy you know i'll get up there i'll do my song and dance uh, i'll tell jeff to start the show and i'll walk out and a lot of times i'll go out into the lobby and kind of chat with darby or whoever's working the concession stand or maybe even jeff himself if he's made a projection booth for a few minutes before i go into the movie for the monster squad as soon as i'm done introducing it i'm taking my seat because i don't want to miss a bit of it i know i always talk about the music i'm a soundtrack geek i can't help it the score is phenomenal the direction is super cool the script by shane black and fred decker black and decker is built perfectly
9: you know? I am totally ready for it. Is it is it uh, October 28th yet? Can I get my seat? I wish. I wish, man. I wish. Can't wait.
0: I, it's going to be a good time, man. I, I love that movie. And that Dracula, that is one of my favorite Draculas of all time. It really is. I love Bela Lugosi. I love Christopher Lee. Duncan Regeer is one of my top five Draculas. That guy he i'm literally getting chills thinking about him right now the hair is on my arms i'm standing up there's a moment in that movie when he's approaching the kids after he is reformed after being temporarily stopped it is so good there's a there's a sequence when he rises up and he's staring at the camera and he's marching toward the camera and as he's making his way to the kids and the cops are trying to stop him and He's just grabbing them and breaking necks and twisting arms and going, oh, oh, man. Oh, boy.
9: <laughs> it is definitely one of the Draculas, I think, that scared me the most as a kid. Like, genuinely yeah. terrified me. Like, it, you felt like you were in danger the way he stared through the camera, you know, as he was coming yep. after those kids. Gives you chills.
0: Give me the amulet, you. I'm not going to say it, but oh, 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 man. So good. So freaking good. And it's so weird to see him in things like Deep Space Nine or something else where he's totally not playing Dracula at all. He's a great actor and he brings such uh, malevolence and viciousness to that role. When he looks at the cop and says, I will have your son, you can't help but just, oh, pucker up a little bit, you know? (laughs) Oh. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's the one I think I'm most looking forward to, if you can't tell.
9: Yeah. Yeah, I could tell a little bit, a little bit. The fifth and final film, 6 p.m., one I've never seen, know very little about, Trick or Treat from 2007.
4: During the spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Always stay on sidewalks. Never go to a stranger's house. And never go out alone. Tree-tree!
6: This
9: is the one night... And all sorts of things...
0: ...room free. Sorry
3: these traditions.
0: Wait, wait. Oh, what?
2: You're supposed to keep it lit. Why?
9: Ancient tradition. Putting on costumes.
2: I look like I'm five. You look great. What, what do we do now? We meet our dates.
9: Jack-o'-lanterns.
8: Why are we here? To pay our respects to the dead. The Halloween school bus massacre.
6: They started to protect us, but... Morning,
5: guys. name are you doing, doing? down there? Hiding buddies? <laughs> uh, uh,
6: nowadays, no one really cares. This one's the lit. What is that? It's them. Oh my God!
0: I have seen Trick or Treat once. I saw it on home video. I can't remember. It It might have been DVD. It would have had to have been DVD. It's an anthology film. It follows a little kid whose name is Sam in a Halloween costume. He's kind of our guide through the entire story. He doesn't really talk to the camera. Anything like that, we're just kind of following him around on his Halloween night adventures, if I remember correctly.
9: I see that Anna Paquin and Brian Cox mm-hmm. are both in this, so there's sort of an X-Men, mm-hmm. you know, tie-in or feel from from the from the aughts. <laughs> Uh I, I saw that the writer director Michael Doherty, has also been involved with like writing X-Men Two and I think directing oh. one of the X-Men films. Was he? No, so, so oh, there's that, that connection. A lot of the reviews online are great. Like it it seems like it's, there's a lot of people who really love this film. So I'm, I'm really curious about it. My curiosity is up. And again, I've never seen it.
0: Yeah. It's one that I've only seen the one time. I know that he is, you know, a fan. He's a horror guy. Is he a monster kid? I don't know. Um, I don't know much about him.
9: He also did Krampus and is involved with some of the new Godzilla stuff, I guess.
0: Yeah, he did do the Godzilla King of the Monsters. I was just double-checking that because I wanted to make sure I got that right. I I know that there was even talk of a sequel to this at one point. Nothing's really come of it. It, I know that this movie took a long time to get made and then released. Uh, It was supposed to be released uh, like back in 2007. Like you said, it had a 2007 theatrical release. Technically, but it didn't get home media release until 2009. So it really kind of sat around for a long time before people started discovering it and had an opportunity to watch it. I think Sam, the little kid trick-or-treater, is, an, is a great look. Uh, I think they did a great job with the character design of this character. It instantly says Halloween and trick-or-treating. And it's a kid in a Halloween costume. It's a little disturbing when you look at it too long. <laughs> you know? Uh, I've had burlap wrapped around my head for a Halloween costume before. It is not comfortable. So it's a little disturbing when you look at it, but uh, it's too much. But I do dig it a lot, uh, the look. And like I said, I've only seen the movie the one time, so I'm excited to kind of revisit it. I think it's something that Beth will enjoy. It's a little bit more uh, modern. Not that she has a problem with the classic movies I've been showing her, but I've been very selective about what classic movies I show her. Monos The Hands of Fate, notwithstanding. For a reason. You know, I think this was going to be an easier sell. There's some werewolf action. There's some serial killer action. It really kind of dips into all the different horror tropes that were kind of a thing at the time.
9: So I'm looking forward to it. It seems like, you know, newer, younger horror films is sort of the gateway drug to get people into becoming maybe monster kids in the long run. Sure. Like, I was thinking about this, you know, thinking back with nostalgia, back to uh, film school days with you, and, and like, at the time, I was kind of, the analogy I was thinking was that, you know, maybe I'm familiar with Thai food from frozen dinners or something, but, like, you were a connoisseur of Thai food, as as if it were coming to monster movies. And so you really, like, you really, like, opened up my palate, like, you know, to, to other forms of monster movies and horror movies and and really uh, exposing me to, to films that were outside of my, my sphere. So we watched new monster movies, but because of, of knowing you and your love of genre films, like you opened up my eyes to many, many more movies and, and kind of made me a monster kid in a way. And I, and I thank you for that. And, and that's why this is so fun to, to have this chance to kind of
0: share this experience. I knew my work was cut out for me, and I I know that sounds kind of like I was trying to manipulate something, and I really wasn't. But my very first memory of you, Matt, was sitting around in a film school class that the teacher was either really late to or just didn't even show up. And I remember that some of us young film students kind of huddled up and just kind of talked with each other about who our favorite filmmakers were. And the topic of our top five favorite filmmakers came up, and... You mentioned Spielberg, Lucas, Zemeckis, Jim Henson, and Walt Disney, I believe, which is cool. And that's great. I mean, one of Clive Barker's favorite filmmakers and storytellers is Walt Disney, for crying out loud. So I knew that anytime I wanted to talk horror stuff with you, I I didn't know where you were with, with that. And I'm really glad that you were willing to put up with this horror geek He had a couple of years on you and, you know, thought he knew everything about special effects and all this other stuff and insisted that we get together and watch monster movies all Halloween day and and all that. So I appreciate you being patient with me (laughs) going through that entire process. I'm so thrilled by watching your posts on Facebook lately. You've been going through 2B TV and just picking movies from the 50s and 60s. And we don't have time to do it now because I've got to head out to work. But at some point, we're going to have you back to talk about some of the movies you've seen lately. You just watched Black Sabbath and I cannot wait to pick your brain a little bit more about that one.
9: Oh yes, Black Sabbath from Mario Bava. I'm on a Mario Bava kick now. So, uh, Bava's so good. I've seen Black Sabbath, Planet of the Vampires. I think Black Sunday's next. I'm I'm happy to share my thoughts and my reviews. It's been a real treat engaging the Monster Kid community via Facebook. If you listeners are not there in that space, get there. Let's all talk monster movies together.
0: Yes, yes. And Matt and I will be doing something probably beginning of 2024 where we're going to look at some movies that may not have the best reputation, maybe kind of rehabilitate them or or present them in a way that might warrant a relook or reconsideration. I love them all. You all know me here on Monster Kid Radio. I rarely have something negative to say about these movies that we talk about. But there are some movies sometimes that people maybe not enjoy as much as they could. So we, Matt and I are kind of planning something for early next year, I think, is when it will launch where we take a look at some of these other movies that he's been watching lately. So stay tuned for that. That'll be a lot of fun. And please catch up with us at Scarathon. If you're in the area, October 28th, go over to the website, what is it, com. I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes, of course, where you can also find links to our Facebook page and Facebook group. But go over to thejoycinema.com. And as soon as tickets are available for sale, hey, they're available now. You can go buy them now as of this recording. Let them know that Monster Kid Radio sent you. Everything starts at noon. It's going to be an all-day event. Monster Kid Radio is going to be there. That's going to be there with one or two or more of his kids. So it's going to be a nice family affair for him. And uh, I want to see everybody else.
9: Let's pack that house. Yes. Let's enjoy the screams and the laughs and, and all the thrills and chills together.
0: I don't know what the sizes are, but you can even get a Scarathon commemorative t shirt. You'll want to support the Joy that way. If you can, $35 for an all day pass. Not sure how he's going to be doing individual movies, if that's the way he's doing it uh, or not. If you have to buy the whole pass, but pay attention to the thejoycinema.com for more details. And as soon as I know more, I'll mention it online on Facebook as well. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up, Matt? Thank you for
9: having me, and uh, I look forward to, to talking more movies, more monsters, and more old
0: times. I've been wanting to get John on Monster Kid Radio for a long time, you know, proper. So this was fun, and we'll definitely do more of it. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Big thanks to Mark, Kenny, Matt, William, for the email, and, well, you, for downloading and listening to the show. Please be sure to share the posts on Facebook and retweet tweets and just wherever it is you're online, your social media hangouts, make sure you mention Monster Kid Radio. Now, Monster Kid Radio does not have a Blue Sky account or, what's the other one, Mastodon? And I keep saying Twitter, but really it's actually the app formerly known as Twitter. I've been thinking about branching out to places like Blue Sky or Mastodon. I believe you have to have an invite code. Is that something that y'all would be interested in? Are any of you users of these alternate platforms that are kind of taking the place of Twitter or kind of in that same space? You know, Monster Kid Radio is also on Instagram. I don't do much there, but I'm working on kind of amping up my output. So if you're on Instagram, look up Monster Kid Radio because we're right there. And you're going to find people that have been on the show on there as well, like Mark. Mark's on Instagram, you know, not to call him out or whatever. Mark's on Instagram, so you might see him and a whole bunch of other Monster Kid Radio irregulars and fans and listeners and just cool cats like you, you know? Anyway, thanks again to everybody for being part of the show. Now, if you head over to monsterkidradio.net, you're going to find links to everything that we talked about here on the show, links to The Joy Cinema, which is just thejoycinema.com, but if you need to find it from their website, head over to monsterkidradio.net. It's all right there. Our contact information there as well. I told you I'd mention it at the end of the show. Well, here it is, monsterkidradio at gmail.com or Call our voicemail at 360-524-2484. Also on our website, you're going to find links to our Discord, our Reddit, and our Patreon. Please consider getting involved in those platforms if you can. I've been kind of thinking about some things I'm going to be doing with Patreon involving some writing, you know? And, uh, yeah, I think something's going to happen there in 2024. I'll let you know uh, how that's going to work and what that's going to be. Stay tuned to that. Also, please consider signing up. Uh, Signing up? That's not what you do on YouTube. You subscribe to the Team Death YouTube channel. Yes, Monster Kid Radio has a YouTube channel. I hope you're subscribed to that. But also, Team Death. Death is D-E-T-H. That's Beth and I. That's Beth and me. Me and Beth? That's where we hang out on YouTube. And I just posted a YouTube video where Beth and I went to the Davis Graveyard, which is this really cool, I believe, award-winning, if not, it should be award-winning, home haunt in milwaukee oregon for free it is so cool and the video that i posted up on youtube just barely conveys how awesome that home haunt is so please consider checking out our youtube channel giving it a like and subscribe to that because there's going to be more youtube content coming up in the very near future and speaking of the future let's talk about what's coming up next week i've already mentioned her she's beth she's awesome she's my wife and she's willing to to watch a classic vampire Bela Lugosi film with me. We're going to be watching The Return of the Vampire. Now, I know I've talked about that movie here on the show once before, many, many moons ago when the world was young, and the dinosaur, you know, I've already done that joke. The Return of the Vampire. We're going to revisit that movie, and this time with Beth, who has never seen the movie before. You know, I mentioned it uh, either in this episode or in a previous episode that I've been kind of curating Beth's classic horror movie experience I know what movies she may or may not like, that sort of thing. I really gambled with Manos. I waited until we were married to show her that one on purpose. But I think she's really going to like The Return of the Vampire. Will she? Well, come back next week to find out. So stay subscribed to the show. And hey, you know what? I mentioned all those social media outlets. If I could get you to maybe give us a shout out or a notice or a post or whatever, letting us know how you listen to the show. I know there's been a lot of talk about Google Podcasts. Going away in 2024, they want to replace it with like a YouTube podcast thing. I don't know how that's going to work. I personally have been using Google Podcasts for all my podcast needs, but I've been slowly transitioning over to Spotify. Monster Kid Radio is on Spotify. I try to make sure Monster Kid Radio is available on all the big, major podcast outlets, but I'd love to hear from you. What podcast outlet do you use to listen to Monster Kid Radio? Just I want to make sure that I'm hitting all my bases, And, you know, maybe you've got a better podcatcher than Spotify that I can transfer over to. Let me know, huh? Anyway, that brings us to the end of the show. So before I sign off, I'm going to let you know that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the song, Black Out the Sun and Hang 13. That is copyright 2023 Los Vampiros Del Mar. It's on their new album, Songs of Blood, Death, and Romance. You can find it at losvampiros.bandcamp.com or look them up on Facebook or just follow the link in the show notes at monsterkidradio.net and let them know that Monster Kid Radio sent you. My name's Derek M. Cook. I'll talk to everybody next week. Ciao.